Matthew Henry's Commentary on the Whole Bible An Exposition with Practical Observations of The Book of the Prophet Isaiah Chapter 35 As after a prediction of God's judgments upon the world, Chapter 24, follows a promise of great mercy to be had in store for His Church, Chapter 25, so hereafter a black and dreadful scene of confusion in the foregoing chapter we have, in this, a bright and pleasant one, which, though it foretell the flourishing estate of Hezekiah's kingdom in the latter part of his reign, yet surely looks as far beyond that as the prophecy in the foregoing chapter does beyond the destruction of the Edomites. Both were typical, and it concerns us most to look at those things which they were typical of, the kingdom of Christ, and the kingdom of heaven. When the world, which lies in wickedness, shall be laid in ruins, and the Jewish church, which persisted in infidelity, shall become a desolation, then the gospel church shall be set up and made to flourish. 1. The Gentiles shall be brought into it, verses 1, 2, and 7. 2. The well-wishers to it, who were weak and timorous, shall be encouraged, verses 3 and 4. 3. Miracles shall be wrought both on the souls and on the bodies of men, verses 5 and 6. For it the gospel church shall be conducted in the way of holiness, verses 8 and 9. 5. It shall be brought at last to endless joys, verse 10. Thus do we find more of Christ in heaven in this chapter than one would have expected in the Old Testament. Isaiah 35 verses 1 to 4. In these verses we have. 1. The desert land blooming. In the foregoing chapter we had a populous and fruitful country turned into a horrid wilderness, here we have in lieu of that, a wilderness turned into a good land. When the land of Judah was freed from the Assyrian army, those parts of the country that had been made as a wilderness by the ravages and outrages they committed began to recover themselves, and to look pleasantly again, and to blossom as the rose. When the Gentile nations, that had been long as a wilderness, bringing forth no fruit to God, received the gospel, joy came with it to them, Psalm 67 verses 3 and 4 and Psalm 96 verses 11 and 12. When Christ was preached in Samaria there was great joy in that city, Acts 8 verse 8, those that sat in darkness saw a great and joyful light, and then they blossomed, that is, gave hopes of abundance of fruit, for that was it which the preachers of the gospel aimed at, John 15 verse 16, to go and bring forth fruit, Romans 1 verse 13, Colossians 1 verse 6. Though blossoms are not fruit, and often miscarry and come to nothing, yet they are in order to fruit. Converting grace makes the soul that was a wilderness to rejoice with joy and singing, and to blossom abundantly. This flourishing desert shall have all the glory of Lebanon given to it, which consisted in the strength and stateliness of its cedars, together with the excellency of Carmel and Sharon, which consisted in corn and cattle. Whatever is valuable in any institution is brought into the gospel. All the beauty of the Jewish church was admitted into the Christian church, and appeared in its perfection, as the Apostle shows at large in his epistle to the Hebrews. Whatever was excellent and desirable in the Mosaic economy is translated into the Evangelical Institutes. 2. The glory of God shining forth, they shall see the glory of the Lord. God will manifest Himself more than ever in His grace and love to mankind, for that is His glory and excellency and he shall give them eyes to see it, and hearts to be duly affected with it. This is that which will make the desert blossom. The more we see by faith of the glory of the Lord, and the excellency of our God the more joyful, and the more fruitful shall we be. 3. 
the feeble and faint-hearted encouraged, verses 3 and 4. God's prophets and ministers are in a special manner charged, by virtue of their office, to strengthen the weak hands, to comfort those who could not yet recover the fright they had been put into by the Assyrian army with an assurance that God would now return in mercy to them. This is the design of the gospel. 1. To strengthen those that are weak and to confirm them the weak hands, which are unable either to work or fight, and can hardly be lifted up in prayer, and the feeble knees, which are unable either to stand or walk and unfit for the race set before us. The gospel furnishes us with strengthening considerations, and shows us where strength is laid up for us. Among true Christians there are many that have weak hands and feeble knees, that are yet but babes in Christ, but it is our duty to strengthen our brethren, Luke 22 verse 32, not only to bear with the weak, but to do what we can to confirm them, Romans 15 verse 1, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 14. It is our duty also to strengthen ourselves, to lift up the hands which hang down, Hebrews 12 verse 12, improving the strength God has given us, and exerting it. 2. To animate those that are timorous and discouraged, say to those that are of a fearful heart, because of their own weakness and the strength of their enemies, that are hasty, so the word is, that are for betaking themselves to flight upon the first alarm and giving up the cause, that say, in their haste, we are cut off and undone, Psalm 31 verse 22, there is enough in the gospel to silence these fears, it says to them, and let them say it to themselves and one to another, be strong, fear not. Fear is weakening, the more we strive against it the stronger we are both for doing and suffering, and, for our encouragement to strive, he that says to us, be strong has laid help for us upon one that is mighty. For, assurance given of the approach of a Savior, your God will come with vengeance. God will appear for you against your enemies, will recompense both their injuries and your losses. The Messiah will come, in the fullness of time, to take vengeance on the powers of darkness, to spoil them, and make a show of them openly, to recompense those that mourn in Zion with abundant comforts. He will come and save us. With the hopes of this the Old Testament saints strengthened their weak hands. He will come again at the end of time, will come in flaming fire, to recompense tribulation to those who have troubled his people, and to those who were troubled, rest, such a rest as will be not only a final period to, but a full reward of, all their, all their troubles, 2 Thessalonians 1 verses 6 and 7. Those whose hearts tremble for the ark of God, and who are under a concern for his church and the world, may silence their fears with this, God will take the work into his own hands. Your God will come, who pleads your cause and owns your interest, even God himself, who is God alone. Isaiah 35 verses 5 to 10. Then, when your God shall come, even Christ, to set up his kingdom in the world, to which all the prophets bore witness, especially towards the conclusion of their prophecies of the temporal deliverances of the church, and this evangelical prophet especially then look for great things. 1. Wonders shall be wrought in the kingdoms both of nature and grace, wonders of mercy wrought upon the children of men, sufficient to evince that it is no less than a God that comes to us. 1. Wonders shall be wrought on men's bodies, verses 5 and 6 The eyes of the blind shall be opened, this was often done by our Lord Jesus when he was here upon earth, with a word speaking and when he gave sight to that was born blind, Matthew 9 verse 27, Matthew 12 verse 22, Matthew 20 verse 30, John 9 verse 6. By his power the ears of the deaf also were unstopped, with one word. Ephatha be opened, Mark 7 verse 34. Many that were lame had the use of their limbs restored so perfectly that they could not only go, 
but leap, and with so much joy to them that they could not forbear leaping for joy, as that impotent man, Acts 3 verse 8. The dumb also were enabled to speak, and then no marvel that they were disposed to sing for joy, Matthew 9 verses 32 and 33. These miracles Christ wrought to prove that he was sent of God, John 3 verse 2, nay, working them by his own power, and in his own name, he proved that he was God, the same who at first made man's mouth, the hearing ear, and the seeing eye. When he would prove to John's disciples his divine mission, he did it by miracles of this kind in which this scripture was fulfilled. 2. Wonders, greater wonders, shall be wrought on men's souls. By the word and spirit of Christ those that were spiritually blind were enlightened, Acts 26 verse 18, those that were deaf to the calls of God were made to hear them readily, so Lydia, whose heart the Lord opened, so that she attended, Acts 16 verse 14. Those that were impotent to everything that is good by divine grace are made, not only able for it, but active in it, and run the way of God's commandments. Those also that were dumb, and knew not how to speak of God or to God, having their understandings open to know Him, shall thereby have their lips open to show forth His praise. The tongue of the dumb shall sing for joy, the joy of God's salvation. Praise shall be perfected out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. 2. The Spirit shall be poured out from on high. There shall be waters and streams, rivers of living water. When our Savior spoke of these as the fulfilling of the Scripture, and most probably of this Scripture, the Evangelist tells us, he spoke of the Spirit, John 7 verses 38 and 39, as does also this prophet, chapter 32 verse 15, so here, verse 6, in the wilderness, where one would least expect it, shall waters break out. This was fulfilled when the Holy Ghost fell upon the Gentiles that heard the word, Acts 10 verse 44, then were the fountains of life opened, when streams flowed, that watered the earth abundantly. These waters are said to break out, which denotes a pleasing surprise to the Gentile world, such as brought them, as it were, into a new world. The blessed effect of this shall be that the parched ground shall become a pool, verse 7. Those that labored and were heavily laden, under the burden of guilt, and were scorched with the sense of divine wrath, found rest, and refreshment, and abundant comforts in the gospel. In the thirsty land, where no water was, nor ordinances, Psalm 63 verse 1, there shall be springs of water, a gospel ministry, and by that the administration of all gospel ordinances in their purity and plenty, which are the river that makes glad the city of our God, Psalm 46 verse 4. In the habitation of dragons, who chose to dwell in the par- parched scorched ground, chapter 34 verses 9 and 13, these waters shall flow, and dispossess them, so that, where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes, great plenty of useful productions. Thus it was when Christian churches were planted and flourished greatly in the cities of the Gentiles, which, for many ages, had been habitations of dragons, or devils rather, as Babylon, Revelation 18 verse 2, when the property of the idols' temples was altered, and they were converted to the service of Christianity, then the habitations of dragons became fruitful fields. 3. The way of religion and godliness shall be laid open. It is here called the way of holiness, verse 8 the way both of holy worship and a holy conversation. Holiness is the rectitude of the human nature and will in conformity to the divine nature and will. The way of holiness is that course of religious duties in which men ought to walk and press forward, with an eye to the glory of God and their own felicity in the enjoyment of Him. When our God shall come to save us He shall chalk out to us this way by His gospel, so as it had never been before described. 
1. It shall be an appointed way, not a way of sufferance, but a highway, a way into which we are directed by a divine authority and in which we are protected by a divine warrant. It is the king's highway, the king of kings highway, in which, though we may be waylaid, we cannot be stopped. The way of holiness is the way of God's commandments, it is, as highways usually are, the good old way, Jeremiah 6 verse 16. 2. It shall be an appropriated way, the way in which God will bring his own chosen to himself, but the unclean shall not pass over it, either to defile it or to disturb those that walk in it. It is a way by itself, distinguished from the way of the world, for it is a way of separation from, and non-conformity to, this world. It shall be for those whom the Lord has set apart for himself, Psalm 4 verse 3, shall be reserved for them, the redeemed shall walk there, and the satisfaction they take in these ways of pleasantness shall be out of the reach of molestation from an evil world. The unclean shall not pass over it, for it shall be a fair way, those that walk in it are the undefiled in the way, who escape the pollution that is in the world. 3. It shall be a straight way, the wayfaring men, who choose to travel in it, though fools, of weak capacity and other things, shall have such plain directions from the word and spirit of God in this way that they shall not err therein not that they shall be infallible even in their own conduct, or that they shall in nothing mistake, but they shall not be guilty of any fatal misconduct, shall not so miss their way, but that they shall recover it again, and get well to their journey's end. Those that are in the narrow way, though some may fall into one path and others into another, not all equally right, but all meeting at last in the same end, shall yet never fall into the broad way again, the Spirit of Truth shall lead them into all truth that is necessary for them. Note, the way to heaven is a plain way, and easy to hit. God has chosen the foolish things of the world, and made them wise to salvation. Knowledge is easy to him that understands. For, it shall be a safe way, no lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast, verse 9, none to hurt or destroy. Those that keep close to this way keep out of the reach of Satan the roaring lion, that wicked one touches them not. Those that walk in the way of holiness may proceed with a holy security and serenity of mind, knowing that nothing can do them any real hurt, they shall be quiet from the fear of evil. It was in Hezekiah's days, some time after the captivity of the ten tribes, that God, that God, being displeased with the colonies settled there, sent lions among them, 2 Kings 17 verse 25. But Judah keeps her integrity, and therefore no lions shall be there. Those that walk in the way of holiness must separate themselves from the unclean and the ravenous, must save themselves from an untoward generation, hoping that they themselves are of the redeemed, let them walk with the redeemed who shall walk there. For, the end of this way shall be everlasting joy, verse 10. This precious promise of peace now will end shortly in endless joys and rest for the soul. Here is good news for the citizens of Zion, rest to the weary, the ransomed of the Lord, who therefore ought to follow him wherever he goes, Revelation 14 verse 4, shall return and come to Zion. 1. To serve and worship God in the church militant, they shall deliver themselves out of Babylon, Zechariah 2 verse 7, shall ask the way to Zion, Jeremiah 50 verse 5, and shall find the way chapter 52 verse 12. God will open to them a door of escape out of their captivity, and it shall be an effectual door, though there be many ad adversaries. They shall join themselves to the gospel church, that Mount Zion, that city of the living God, Hebrews 12 verse 22. They shall come with songs of joy and praise for their deliverance out of Babylon, where they wept upon every remembrance of Zion, 
Psalm 137 verse 1. Those that by faith are made citizens of the gospel Zion may go on their way rejoicing, Acts 8 verse 39, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, and be still praising Him. They rejoice in Christ Jesus, and the sorrows and signs of their convictions are made to flee away by the power of divine consolations. Those that mourn are blessed, for they shall be comforted. 2. To see and enjoy God in the church triumphant, those that walk in the way of holiness, under guidance of their Redeemer, shall come to Zion at last, to the heavenly Zion, shall come in a body, shall all be presented together, faultless, at the coming of Christ's glory with exceeding joy, Jude 24, Revelation 7 verse 17, they shall come with songs. When God's people returned out of Babylon to Zion they came weeping, Jeremiah 50 verse 4, but they shall come to heaven singing a new song, which no man can learn, Revelation 14 verse 3. When they shall enter into the joy of their Lord it shall be what the joys of this world never could be everlasting joy, without mixture, interruption, or period. It shall not only fill their hearts, to their own perfect and perpetual satisfaction, but it shall be upon their heads, as an ornament of grace, and a crown of glory, as a garland worn in token of victory. Their joy shall be visible, and no longer a secret thing, as it is here in this world, it shall be proclaimed, to the glory of God and their mutual encouragement. They shall then obtain the joy and gladness which they could never expect on this side heaven, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away forever, as the shadows of the night before the rising sun. Thus these prophecies, which relate to the Assyrian invasion, conclude, for the support of the people of God under that calamity, and to direct their joy, in their deliverance from it, to something higher. Our joyful hopes and prospects of eternal life should swallow up both all the sorrows and all the joys of this present time.